This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Minicamp underway down in the Shashad. Today's the last day for it. Then the they last break. Day. They're gone. Oh, they're going to like Hawaii. They're yeah, going they, to like this Turks is their, and Caicos. This is really like the only this is it. time. This is like it. The, what the five week period they have all year long. We we joke about this NFL season being a 365 day season, but it really comes about as close as you can get to being a full year's worth of a season because there was just so many things that happened in the off season that all even if they're not ex- exclusively involved with, they have to be around for. But this five-week period, that's it. That's all they have. Yeah, uh, if you missed it, the training camp schedule was announced for the Steelers. End of July, <laughs> July 26th or something like that is when yeah, camp that will Thursday. get underway. That first practice to the public. Move-in day, of course, the day before uh, that first practice move-in is day. scheduled. So you going down this year? For move-in day? I've never been to a. I've been down for days before, but never move-in day. Not new, no, I'm saying, but are, you be, gonna go, are you going to be there? I'm at sure all I'll be there year, for yeah. a couple of days, but it's always been kind of a I don't know if I should say dream of mine that makes it seem like it's too Just important. to watch all the guys the pull up. funny. Yeah. Like I mean A B showed up in stuff. a tank. Didn't he show up in a hot tub for Vegas too or for Ra- the Raiders I camp at one know. point or hot tub, a hot air balloon is what I meant. Yeah, he, like he in a floating in. hot tub. That would be something if he could have figured that out. But uh Vince Williams, remember he came in a Stone Cold Steve Austin a couple of yep. times. Like it's just a fun uh day and um, there's unbridled optimism. It's like the opening day for baseball season. There's just so much right. optimism on a move-in day. Oh, absolutely. Everybody's winning the Super Bowl. Everybody's winning 17 games absolutely. and never losing. It's it's really the most wonderful time of the year for NFL fans. Sure. But For every franchise. First, you get to get through minicamp, and this is mandatory for players, but what do you think you really achieve at a minicamp other than you know making sure that guys are in shape, Doing their offseason stuff, taking it seriously, and you know, kind of keeping an eye on them for OTAs a couple of weeks and then mini camp an- another week. I think it's most mostly so about the mentality, the group mentality. Are you really buying in? You can you can tell when a certain guy is clocking in in June and if he really cares or not. And you can not to say that it's bad if they're not really committing themselves in that month of June. But when you see people who really are showing effort, like to to know that, you know, I know one thing that's been, and it's hard to navigate that line of what can you report on and what can't you report on. But one thing I've seen a lot of people say is Jalen Warren is for real. Like this is not some guy who had a fluky season as a rookie and he's going to fade out as a backup in his sophomore year. He's for real. He could be a real, like to see a guy like Jalen Warren who has so much still yet to prove Come in in the month of June and come in with that mentality of, I know the chip on my shoulder. I know I was a darling last year, but I'm here to prove that I'm not just a one-year wonder. Like, to see guys like that on the fringe really commit themselves in a time that doesn't truly matter, I think that's something that's always a positive to take out of it. I don't know if there's any negative, because like you said, it's, glor- I can't, it's glorified I, gym class, I really. can't blame a guy for not giving his all now. What is right? his all even? Like, how right, can you exactly. even tell what his all is? But when you hear of certain, like, Corey Trice, uh, a seventh-round draft pick for the Steelers this year, you're hearing that he has a he's getting praise from coaches, he's getting praise from the media, he's getting praise from guys like Patrick Peterson as a legitimate cornerback. 
So to see people like that. I'm excited for that guy to have a red shirt year this year. Yeah. I think there's a lot of future potential there. But I know what you're saying. But at the same time, let me play a little devil's advocate here. Oh, absolutely. I, I know where, I know exactly They're what you're saying. They're just saying that because, you know, it's the thing to say for your teammates. Yeah, absolutely. Them, first of all. And also, I'm sure he does look good out there right now. But they're kind of, you know, saying that with the assumption that pads ain't coming on yet. Right. This yeah. ain't real football. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, like, all the right thing. Oh, he's hitting the stride well. He, he looks like he's fitting in easily. That's all true. But the thing that they're not saying out loud is up to this point, he's right. doing everything well. Once it becomes real well, down at still, St. Vincent. Well, he's still be getting that exactly. same praise. But you can only do um, what you're asked of. And right now, mm-hmm. guys like Trice, guys like Warren in his second year are checking the boxes that they can check while they're out there in shorts and T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I think another thing that a lot has grabbed a lot of people's attention based off where it was coming from and, and who it's about was Najee Harris's comments about Kenny Pickett's professionalism, saying this this guy is taking that step this year. And obviously the quarterback draws the most attention in all of sports at, at an individual position perspective. And that's going to create headlines. Anything Kenny Pickett-related is going to grab headlines. So I think anything that you hear that's not in the negative of Kenny Pickett is a good sign, right? Even if it's just totally even par or, or or just just something that is totally not positive or not negative it's if it's not negative i think it's a good sign for him but to hear to hear Najee Harris who it's clearly eager to make a postseason run with his team saying Kenny is taking that step taking that leap this year and to hear Matt Canada say the same thing i don't want to change too much cuz i think this guy can just kill it with whatever we give him i think that that is a it's a good sign it, it's a good sign or a good thing to it to to draw on, and it's a time of the year where there is so little you can actually base facts off of. I do kind of like evaluating Kenny a little bit, though, just because these reps are so important to him. He never had an mm-hmm. offseason as a first-team right. player until yeah. this one. He didn't win the starting job until mm-hmm. uh, the Jets we, game we, last we've, year. We've talked time. about that so much, how so, much it, it helps to have a real offseason as the number one guy. And also, kind of like you were saying, with Najee and Canada talking about Kenny's taking that step forward as a leader. People are going to look to him as QB1 now, and he can command that kind of respect when he comes into a room. I'm not saying he's a jerk and all rise for QB1 as he walks through each hallway and everybody, you know, (laughs) kind of stands at attention like they're in Spaceballs or something like that as he walks through. But I'm saying, like, you know, he comes over to the wide receiver table a little bit and sits down, you know, those guys have his respect, and he has their respect as well. And they are now, I think, going to be able to evolve the dynamic of their relationships to that next level where it's, yeah, you're, you know, your colleagues and you're both, if you're talking to Najee or Pickens or Pickett, you're all like young guns on this team, a young core. But Kenny's just a little bit in front of, like, he's your leader. He's your general. He's the one that you look at with a little bit more reverence and the words that he say carry a little bit more weight than maybe other people not named mm-hmm. Coach Tomlin or Coach Canada on the team. Yeah, absolutely. It's just it's it's a lot of pressure to be a quarterback. And it's a lot of pressure to be a quarterback in Pittsburgh. And like we keep saying over and over and over, the spotlight's gonna be on Kenny three hundred and sixty five days a year. I don't care wherever he's gonna be vacationing for the next month or five weeks. People are going to be talking about Kenny Pickett every single day in Pittsburgh because expectations are high. Like you and I have laid out in the past, 
the last four or five years, you can retrace uh, a reason to be optimistic heading into each of those last seasons, but it was kind of under false pretenses. It was a little, you were blinded by the light a little bit. And the result uh, kind of proved the point was that, you know, you had a, um, you had an, you didn't have a playoff appearance in 2018 or in 2019. 2020, you were routed by your rival, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, 2021, you were routed by the Kansas City Chiefs in the first round. And 2022, you missed out on the playoffs. Now's the time where things are getting real. And now's the time with Kenny Pickett having a whole season of football under his belt, significant playing time, significant starting time, and having an entire offseason with the team. You compound that with the draft class. Expectations, I think, are are really founded now. It's not just, oh, well, I can I can make light or I I can I can only advocate the good for this part of the offseason, advocate for the good for this part of the offseason, and completely neglect the reality of the situation. That I, I think that's out of the question right now. I think there's only very, very few things to be pessimistic about this team and I think a lot of people around the team and within the team are, are recognizing there's so that, much that optimism there's so much optimism warranted optimism that's what I'm saying is that recognizing that and saying there is a window here it's a crowded conference it's a crowded league but there is a window of opportunity for this team and I think given where you're, they're playing in Pittsburgh where the expectations are always set to the Super Bowl and winning that Super Bowl Given the last five or six years, dating back to 2017 when the, the Steelers lost at home to the Jaguars, it's been kind of a an idling ever since then. And, and you've been waiting for the right time to pounce. And with pieces coming together, with the, the next quarterback seemingly being ready to take on that responsibility, I think people are kind of coming together within that organi- organization and saying, what what can we do to really capture that chance here and it's going to be this year and it's going to be for the next it's going to be for the next few seasons if not the next decade possibly well one guy that is being watched to have a massive step forward in year two is george pickens mm-hmm. um steelers need someone to become a number one wide absolutely receiver. And yeah right with deontay kind of falling on his face last year and his i don't want to say his first attempt at it but after getting that big contract he did not perform up to the level that that contract demanded. So now eyes turn to George Pickens, who is just a physical freak. And Steelers wide receiver coach Frisman Jackson was actually on uh, local radio recently. And he said he expects a gigantic leap from George Pickens. But not only does he expect it, he said that it has to be a big jump. The onus is on me to have him take that next step, that big jump that we are all searching for and want. He's got to be a great player for us. And for him to play like he played last year, that's a failure on my part. That's a failure on his part. And so he's got to play at a great level. The expectation is for him to play at a great level this year. Um, Those words sting a little bit, but they're 100% true. If he goes out and has another 800-yard performance where he catches, I don't know how many catches he had off the top of his head, off the top of my head last year, and four or five touchdowns, that's a failure. Right. You need this guy to take that big step forward. What have the Steelers' offense been lacking so much in the past couple of years? Playmakers, big yeah. plays, yeah. home runs. Mm-hmm. Long balls, yeah. This is a guy that it's in his DNA to hit the home run for you, 
to score on three plays, four plays, instead of long, methodical 12-play drives that eat up 10 minutes of clock, and then when you finally score your field goal, the other team scores a touchdown in two, min- in, in two minutes' time and four plays. Mm-hmm. So you need that home run threat, and I, I agree with Coach Jackson here. Like, Not only do I think he will take that step forward, the Steelers absolutely need him to take that big leap towards becoming a Garrett Wilson, a Chris Olave, a Drake London, mm-hmm. you know, those guys in his class that I think are already kind of considered that wide receiver one, Garrett Wilson especially in New York. Yeah, I mean, and considering that high praise that Aaron Rodgers just gave Garrett Wilson, I'm sure you saw that saying he thinks that he has the best cornerback and wide receiver in the league. Uh, yeah, you definitely need that playmaker. I mean, given how deep all wide receivers are in this league, it's okay to have a bunch of guys but you need that number one guy. You can't have a bunch of people competing. It's it's not like it's a <clears throat> it's not like you're in Tampa Bay and you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin competing to be the number one guy. It's not like that that's the definition of having a bunch of different number ones competing for the actual number one spot. Because right now you have a bunch of guys and no one has seemingly taken the reins to say, I can be your number one guy. There's a difference between saying you have a bunch of guys who could be number one and you have a bunch of number ones on your team and they're all that good, like like in Tampa Bay, right? So right now you're you're in the you're in the the former half of that argument by saying you have a bunch of guys who could be number one, but none of them are yet. And you and I have come to the conclusion that we think that George Pickens is the is the is the most likely and best option. To, to be in that to take to take that reign. I I just think and I, I still think Deontay can have a pretty good year this year. I, I expect him to bounce back. He will catch at least. But a the touchdown. fact that Deontay has been on this team now for five seasons but doesn't Pickens. I wasn't even going there. I was gonna go. Doesn't Pickens oh. just look like a number one right, wide receiver? Right. Like he just has the build mm-hmm. and the, the one, toughness. The yeah. toughness. The awe-inspiring catch catchability too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had. Probably the best catch we've seen since the Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, catch. I don't think it's even a question. So he's got that. Oh, I say that that Justin Jefferson catch against the Bills, though. Right, but that right was more circumstantial. There, I don't know. He went up <laughs> and grabbed that with one hand over a defender. Um, damn, they can catch balls these I days. Just meant huh? that, these that, that one weighs heavily in your mind because of the circumstance. But Pickens, it was a great catch. Don't get me Pickens wrong. Pickens against the Browns was something out of. Uh, fiction. Uh, you could never have. You you would expect Hollywood to write uh, a script that had a catch like that in it, not in reality. Um, but he's just that number one build. He's got mm-hmm. that DNA as a number one receiver. Uh, Matt Canada talked a little bit earlier, I believe yesterday, to Mark Caballi about opening up the playbook, and he he didn't really say that they were going. to. No, he didn't. Maybe he's just lying. It can still be a little bit of lying season here, but with Pickens in particular. That Why route, you? That route yeah. tree needs to expand. Yeah, he, right. he, he needs to be more than just the, the Mike Wallace one-trick pony because mm-hmm. he is so go, much more. Go long. That. I want to see him in yak. I want to see him over the middle of the field. I want to see him make a guy miss. Like, Let's really expand on the role that Pickens can play in this offense because I think you are potentially, you know, people like to be like, oh, the next Montana and Rice is picking mm-hmm. to Pickens. Don't be ridiculous, right? But you could definitely get yourself next year when it's list season onto those QB wide receiver one tandem lists. Not at number one, two, or three, or four. Maybe you sneak into six. Maybe you sneak into number seven, and you start trending your way upwards there. Like 
there's definitely the potential for a great connection between Pickett and Pickens. Absolutely, the potential for sure. Yeah, for sure. But you need to a allow Pickett to throw the ball more, open things up that way, but also b let Pickens have an expanded route tree in the offense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, George Pickens deserves to be an, an, an a number one option for a team, and it's just. You know this team, you know this offense specifically is a little younger, it's a little inexperienced, and that does not exclude the man calling the plays in Matt Canada, right? Matt Canada had never been an offensive coordinator before he was promoted to that position within the Steelers organization. So I'm not blaming entirely Matt Canada here, but someone needs to learn quickly and realize quickly that this offense can be so much more than it has been the last year or two years if you want to even go back to Ben's last season with Najee and, and Pat Frymuth first being introduced in their rookie year. I just the, the the amount of playmakers and you said this earlier too, Tom, playmakers are what are needed for, for offense now in the NFL. And hundred percent. There is no shortage of playmakers on this offense right now. And then, and then that's at every position: quarterback, running back, tight end, wide receiver. That's what I, that's the take that I've had the past couple of days too, filling in for Mark and just doing other shows. Is like, okay, right now inside linebacker is their weakest spot. Mm-hmm. Other than that, though, I find I I look at names, I look at playmakers at every other position on this team. But here's the thing: that's just right now. Yeah. In June, come January, we might say. Oh, wide receiver still is a little bit of a hole. Or mm-hmm. oh, cornerback isn't exactly where we thought it would be. But right now, other than inside linebacker, I beg you to find the hole on the roster. You mm-hmm. can't do it. And now that's based on all potential, really, for a lot of spots, but the potential's there. And I think that's why there's a lot of optimism too. Like wide receiver. I like Deontay and George Pickens and this Allen Robinson guy might be pretty good in Calvin Austin. So many tight ends to play. I mean, Mark Mark Cabali said uh, the last week better. or two weeks ago, saying that Robinson is is double digit touchdown capable. This Robinson year. is good. He's going yeah. to be a good number three. Um, the line is better. Mm-hmm. They've got oh, two the line is. They've got two running backs. Yeah, now. right. The rookie quarterback is not a rookie anymore, and that room is as deep as it was last year, which was the deepest room in the NFL it's, last year. If anything, gotten better just because Kenny is now older. I think your defensive line is low key better this year. I'm excited to see a healthy Larry Ogunjobi out there. Absolutely. Your edge rushers are elite. Mm -hmm. Your cornerbacks got better. Your safeties lost some, but I think got better. They they lost a piece of the same. same. And then quickly replaced that same piece. They're at the very least the same. It's just that inside linebacker spot that you're just not feeling great about. Um, no, and but that's, we always that's, knew no, this that's was going to be more than just a one-off season fix. It's nothing personal to Landon Roberts and Cole Holcomb. No, they just are who they are. Right. And you know what the beauty thing about those guys are? They can always go out there and prove idiots like you and me wrong by just playing yeah. great. And, and it's really not hard to, to wrap your head around the possibility that with, like you said, starters are every other position, right? You trust the, you trust the starting guys who are going to be on the field, the other nine guys— Right, they're, they're number one through nine, and then Roberts and Holcomb are probably ten and eleven. Right, it's not inconceivable to think that with playing alongside T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward and Larry O and Minka and Joey Porter Jr. and Patrick Peterson, all these studs or potential studs, right? Because we don't know what Pat P could do in Pittsburgh, and we don't know if, if a rookie Joey Porter Jr. is gonna 
is going to be a star at the beginning of, of his career. But you assume with all these guys and, and their potential, right, that that could uplift Cole Holcomb and Alandon Roberts, right? That, that maybe they are the weak link, but because of how good everybody else is, it's not that noticeable of a weak link because everybody else is doing their job and they're not called upon as much as a normal middle linebacker usually is. Before we wrap up the episode, what do you think about uh, Mark Robinson and some of the comments from Terrell Austin uh, saying that, because people were noticing him, kind of like mm-hmm. how you were saying Jalen Warren out there, like people were like, oh, not a fluke, this guy's good. Same thing with Robinson. They're like, this guy's picking up things fast. He looks quick. He looks the part. Austin kind of, you know, pumping Pump the, brakes the brakes a little bit on it, saying, um, you know, he's probably not ready yet. But the interesting thing was he did say, next year, though. He did say, like, in another year's time, this guy might be ready to really take the reins here and get a bigger role in that defense. Well, I expect him to have a bigger role even this year, whether whether whether, he's ready whether, or not. Aust- whether he's ready or not, whether Austin's ready to admit it or not, because— But I like— again, yeah. The fact or the the prospect he sees of a progression happening. And listen to this too, unfolding. Like, so Robinson needs another year, but that's a homegrown talent that you picked in the seventh round and you molded into a guy. Maybe he grows into your future number two at that position, and then you go for the first round pick next year mm-hmm. or the second round pick next year and get your number one at that position. Right. So they might have one of the two solutions for long term inside linebacker stability on the roster in Robinson. He's just maybe a year away from really taking over that spot. Mm. But I agree with you. Um, I just think whether injury happens or just talent dictates it, he's going to find himself on the field more and more this year, too. He definitely will. You can now listen to Steelers Nation Radio anytime, anywhere through your smart speaker. You just say, Alexa, play Steelers Nation Radio from iHeart, and Alexa will take care of the rest. List season is alive and well. I saw a list the other day about edge rushers that's going to make Steelers fans pretty pissed off, but I'm not sure if I exactly disagree with it. And then we're also going to get into Alex Highsmith and his potential future contract extension. That's all on the way next. You're listening to the Steelers Standard.